Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining me for episode three, where I get to talk about um, what the difference is between craniosacral therapy and pediatric chiropractic. And on the last uh, episode, I had two wonderful mothers sharing their experience of craniosacral therapy. And they um, did not know that pediatric chiropractic was also used with their infants to make a difference. Um, Mom A had a, a little boy who after four months of age received a vaccine that uh, caused him to stop breastfeeding. And so um, I utilized a cervical adjustment with an adjustment in the neck without twisting or popping using a little reflex tool and he immediately went back on the breast and was fine ever since. Actually, um, didn't get to check him after that because then we had the um, shelter in place. But anyway, nevertheless, craniosacral therapy and pediatric chiropractic can be interwoven seamlessly. They um, are not apparent. The differences are not apparent to the parents watching. Um, and that is because both are very subtle and they don't involve great force. So unless the practitioner is saying, okay, now I'm adjusting your baby, probably even then they don't really know because, you know, that's always shared with them, of course, and I always ask for permission to do a, a tiny adjustment. It only takes a little tiny tap. It doesn't require any large force, especially in infants. So um, the difference between the two isn't readily apparent. And um, babe, in mom E, her child had been seen for months with craniosacral therapy by another therapist who did a really great job with that baby. But the baby was still having, um, she had fallen backwards and hit her head and she was still having like problems turning her head and neck. And she had um, a little bit of head banging, which was very concerning. So they brought her to me and I did do a couple of very gentle taps on her upper spine of her neck. And um, she seemed to make more progress then. And we did continue doing a lot of craniosacral on her too. But so these things take time. They're not instant. Like medicine is instant in that you take a medicine and there's an immediate effect. But with baby body work like chiropractic and craniosacral therapy, it may take a few visits to have an effect. Um, the care of infants and children with chiropractic has been happening since the beginnings of chiropractic, which was 1895. The first recorded adjustments of children uh, was in 1908. A doctor in South Bend, Indiana had a new baby born, and I believe the meconium, which was the first stool, did not come out that first day. So the baby got a little adjustment in her lower um, lumbars, and it corrected the problem. She let go of the meconium and then had normal poops. Um, and so she was on record as having the first chiropractic adjustment by um, a chiropractor for a baby. And then the founder, Daniel David Palmer, 
1910, he said that um, his grandson was four days old and got adjusted by him. And so these were like the first two, but then pediatrics was offered in the curriculum at West Coast Chiropractic College in Oakland, California, as early as 1915. And it was proposed then that minor falls and bumps of a child could produce subluxations. That's a word that means a joint out of alignment. They, it could be a joint sprain or it could just be slightly turned or twisted. And that would cause nine different um, problems that set up in the tissue and the organ and the nerve and the muscles, etc. And that would manifest later if it was left untreated, it would manifest as an adult disease. So it was proposed that minor falls and bumps in childhood can produce these twisted vertebrae, which set up a system of deceit, dis-ease or um, dysfunction in the end tissue or in the organ. And then later adults, as an adult, they would have some kind of dysfunction in their organs. For preventative measures, the brochure advocated by this college, a six-month checkup for all children. They said one adjustment in the child is worth 50 in the adult. And so the role of getting the spine checked in children was known very early to be very important to the health of a child. And um, there was a free clinic opened up during the depression in Denver and um, it was nonprofit and there were up to 900 children treated per week. They were also given free milk and um, it was considered a great contribution to the children of Denver, but it really wasn't recognized by very many people, of course, um, in the you know media back then. Also, Dr. Lorraine Goldman, Golden, a, a general chiropractor in 1954, dedicated her practice to serving physically and mentally handicapped, emotionally disturbed, and learning disabled children. And she, Dr. Golden's practice was probably the best known pediatric practice in the United States. The Kentuckiana Center for Education, Health and Research served under her not only special group, special needs children, but also it served as a private, nonprofit, nonsectarian charitable organization. And it reached those without the means for specialized chiropractic care. Also, there was a, a children's chiropractic center established that's still going on today, Oklahoma City. In 1963, a group of chiropractors volunteered their services. And in 1977, Dr. Bobby Dosher joined the center as the director. Oklahaven Children's Center still offers free chiropractic care to indigent and severely handicapped children. And that has just been amazing for me to see. And knowing Bobby is just incredible. She came to our uh, chiropractic college and just completely realigned me to the importance of pediatric chiropractic. And her energy is just ec excellent, excellent, positive energy. 
There were many other chiropractors after that that taught how to adjust children. But Larry Webster was probably the best known because he was considered by many to be the leading authority on pediatric chiropractic. He represented the chiropractic profession when he, as a spokesperson, when the national media requested an opinion. He was also the originator of a pediatric toggle headpiece board and the in utero constraint chiropractic technique. So the Webster technique is utilized by myself and many other chiropractors who are members of the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association. And we use that when women have a breech presentation in a baby and the we don't turn the baby, but we allow more room in the pelvis through the ligaments and by gently adjusting the sacrum to allow that baby to possibly turn themselves. And it's, it's got a very high success rate. So um, there are many holistic concepts in chiropractic and adjusting children um, is just one of them. And so the chiropractic adjustment is just one of the most effective forms of stimulating the central nervous system so that there can be a good effect on the cells and on, on the organs. And um, I'll talk more about chiropractic in a minute, but I wanted to help you understand what the difference was between pediatric chiropractic and, sorry about the noise, and craniosacral therapy. So cranial adjusting procedures, they've been a part of chiropractic and osteopathic therapeutic repertoires for over 60 years, and a small but growing body of a literature has been generated. Uh, during that time that supports all the concepts of cranial adjusting. And so there's this critical period of susceptibility when the craniosacral strain patterns can contribute to um, neuromuscular growth and development. And a wait and see attitude when an infant is presenting with one of these neuromusculoskeletal dysfunctions really doesn't serve the baby and it allows a developmental anomaly of the central nervous system to manifest because of that alteration in the bones of the cranium. So experienced um, craniosacral practitioners who are familiar with all these concepts and can have the palpatory skills necessary to feel the rhythm will work on babies and have wonderful um, results from it. And so I learned this in the, from the Upledger Institute in 1994, and I've been using it ever since. And I use it seamlessly with uh, adjusting infants. So it, craniosacral therapy has been taught by the Upledger Institute and from, for other institutes. And it's got two very broad goals. First is to improve the patient's level of wellness by restoring optimal cerebral spinal fluid, and secondly, by restoring balance to the reciprocal membranous tension within the cranium. So that just means there are two large membranes in your head, and they need to have um, full space, full room, and good CSF fluid surrounding them at all times. And they and if there is, say, like a vacuum presentation where a baby is born with forceps or vacuum, 
or even too fast a delivery or a prolonged delivery can um, disrupt the cerebral spinal fluid. And so we want to enhance circulation and increase the vitality of the nervous system. So both pediatric chiropractic and craniosacral therapy are very gentle. They both don't look like you're doing much and they both um, enhance the well-being of the person. And so um, they both affect things a little bit differently, but they can both enhance craniosacral fluid, um, cerebral spinal fluid. They can both enhance movement of the spinal cord and column. They can both help realign vertebrae, but the craniosacral therapy is not just to realign vertebrae. I mean, there are no adjustments done with craniosacral. And there have been many um, infants brought to me who had months of craniosacral therapy, and they still had vertebral subluxation. And they were being held back by that. And I was able to adjust them and they were able to move forward and have their life potential better expressed through that. So there is a place for both. And um, it's a wonderful mixture in the pediatric population. So parents um, will talk, they, they seem to see more craniosacral therapists out there, but pediatric chiropractic definitely has an amazing uh, part to play. If you think about SID, SID, sudden infant death, there were, you know, nearly two, 3,000 deaths per year attributed to SIDS. This is something that pediatric chiropractic can really, really change because if there's any history of um, apnea in the newborn or uh, fast breathing in the newborn, this is something that should be checked with a pediatric chiropractor. And there's a book about it called The Best Kept Secret to Raising a Healthy Child and the Possible Prevention of Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. There is a wonderful uh, nonprofit called StopSIDS.org and you can get help from that website. But also if you would like one of these books, I would be happy to send you one because I keep a stockpile of them. I think they're the best um, book to help parents understand how important the cervical spine is in infants, in infancy, and how you can prevent SIDS. So um, please email me at shehanchiropractic at gmail.com. And I will send you one of these wonderful books, The Best Kept Secret to Raising a Healthy Child and the Possible Prevention of SIDS, written by Dr. Craig Warenberg and Dr. Tracy Mulhall-Warenberg. I hope to have them on my podcast in the coming weeks. So um, I really want to thank all of you for listening. Please make any comments. You can let me know by emailing me at S-H-E-E-H-A-N chiropractic, C-H-I-R-O-P-R-A-C-T-I-C at gmail.com with your comments and questions. And I'd be happy to differentiate further, if need be, on what the differences are between pediatric chiropractic and uh, craniosacral therapy. Um, 
I would be lost without either one of these in, in my practice. And I'm so grateful for Dr. Upledger and all the um, pediatric chiropractors out there who um, have taught me what I know. And um, so all the best to you and hoping that you find all the resources that you need. Please do listen for episode four, where we have a world-renowned pediatric chiropractor and a mother who had successful um, benefits seen from getting her baby adjusted, who was very tight and stiff his whole life. So all the best to you. Thank you for listening.